here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we slap on a fresh shirt and get ready to clean up the messes all the video game adaptations have left us. I am Nick Moore, with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. And Mark. <laughs> oh my god. That uh, took me a second, but that's really I, good. You got it. That's the most important thing. I apologize. Thing. <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance to anyone who thinks to watch this movie. Don't listen to the naysayers. We are here to discuss Willy's Wonderland, which isn't a direct video game adaptation. However, it may as well be. If any of you are familiar with the idea of Finites at Freddy's, you are a security guard trapped inside a... Chuck E. Cheese knockoff place and all the animatronics are trying to murder you and you have to stay alive for the night. Well, the plot of this is Nicolas Cage plays a man who gets roped into being a janitor for the night at a Chuck E. Cheese knockoff with evil animatronic robots trying to kill him all night. You can't look me in the eye and say that this isn't Five Nights at Freddy's minus a lawsuit. That's what this is. Yeah, I, I, fair enough. I never even heard of that Five Nights at Freddy's game, so yeah. This movie, oh boy, I'd already seen it. I, I wanted you two to see it. This is... It's an experience. It's not so much a film as an experience. And it's, and we'll get mm. into it, but I think it's one of the more faithful adaptations to the concept of a video game and the concept of the video game protagonist that I've ever seen. Quick FYI, Nicolas Cage is listed as a producer on this, and I wondered why. When I looked up the, the reasoning into it, it's because he was protective of the script and didn't want it messed with. I kid you not. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. Which, that'll make sense. And we are going to get into Cage at his absolute cagiest. He is unreal in this. But, Mark, are we still friends? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm again, I'm more concerned because you've watched this movie twice now <laughs> with your own mental well-being. And I'm going to watch it again. My God. <laughs> This movie is, you're right, it's an experience. It's an awful one. If I didn't have to watch this for the podcast, I would have turned it off and walked away about, I don't know, five to ten minutes in. So, 
I stuck it out for you, buddy. I stuck uh, it out for you. <laughs> you're a good man. I'd seen this a few weeks ago with uh, with some friends of mine, and 20 minutes into this, all I could think was, I need to show this to Mark and Wayne. That's funny. <laughs> well, Mark's planted his flag firmly in the nay camp. Wayne, I have no idea what your opinion of this is. I am excited to hear if I'm the only one in the room who enjoyed this. Yeah, I guess I, I'm the breaker here, right? We got you one are. who loves it, one who hates it. So mm. I loved it. I yes! actually thought it was great. <laughs> yes. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, so here's the thing. I, <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark has left the Mark? chat. <laughs> Hashtag Mark Beast chat. So here's the thing. I was just super entertained from beginning to end. I don't know this Five Nights at Freddy thing. Is it a show that's a video game is it just a, a game. video game is it's a game it's a jump scare game basically it's resource management where you're controlling you can lock and unlock doors you can pay attention to security cameras and the whole point is you only have so much power available so you're trying to like survive through the night and not let the animatronics into the room okay so it, it's important to know that i don't know that game okay for for the final thing i'm gonna say here but i i had a great time with it it made me laugh nonstop. it had that <laughs> modern evil dead 2 cheese to it yes. that made me want to see more now christina's <laughs> definitely on mark's side when she watched it she's like what the hell is this this is stupid <laughs> and i said it's so bad it's good type of thing like it's just it, i i was entertained from beginning and it made me laugh quite a few times however not knowing the f- uh the five nights at freddy thing i did turn to christina and i said of all the films we've watched in our podcast this feels the least video game to me all right so, I'm going to point out a couple of the reasons why, not just the fact that it's a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff, but a couple of the points in the the script of the film, why it really does feel like a video game. One, Nicolas Cage's character does not have a name and does not speak a single line of dialogue ever. Mm-hmm. No. Not one mm-hmm. word. The most well, you we get... Said, we tried to count it. When he took a drink, he went, ah. Right. Oh. So you like, get that's a word. sound and effects he from him. <laughs> <laughs> when he whipped around the one uh, thing with the lasso around the neck, he was like, ah, ah. But that's <laughs> How many video games have we played where the main character not only doesn't speak, but the characters in the world make jokes about it like they do in this, where the guy's like, oh, not yeah. much of a talker, huh? I respect yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's every sure. first person shooter ever. And I can't believe mm-hmm. the commitment to it because he still feels like he has a character. <laughs> Yeah, and you never find out. Every single time that he would like lower the sunglasses and stare something down, like only someone like Nicolas Cage, who legitimately can act, can do such a bizarre, insane, goddamn role and make it interesting. No, he definitely made me laugh throughout that. I'll debate the interesting part. (laughs) You put a lesser actor into it, and you wouldn't be able to to sit through this. And I know Mark Fine, you had trouble with that. But I will you look at it going, this this is a non-character. Nicolas Cage is on this screen for an hour and a half with a character that does not talk, fighting against animatronic robots, and he's fascinating to me in yeah. this. Yeah, no. And you never find out who he is or what he is or why he's there. or <laughs> You think you're going to no. get it, and then the movie ends, you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that oh. was amazing. You I never mean, learn his I'm deal sorry. at yeah. all. <laughs> Which is 
baffling. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to argue that that's <laughs> the least Nicolas Cage movie I've ever seen, other than the spirit of the movie embodied Cage for how strange and what a wild ride the movie is. But Nicolas Cage was almost the most subdued thing in the movie, which is what made it feel not Nicolas Cagey in a weird way. Sometimes. And then sometimes he isn't. He goes through the highs and lows of caginess. It's good. <laughs> the pinball, man. That. The pinball. He didn't speak a single word in that movie, and I felt like he spoke to me in that movie. Like, there you just go. Like, I, I felt it through his acting. It was so cheesy and entertaining. I like that. It made me laugh. He spoke to the you. The only like time <laughs> his his acting was Nicolas Cage was when he played pinball. And not even every time he played mm-hmm. pinball which is a whole other It got progressive. We're going to get to it. Movie. It progressively ramped up. But there is just <laughs> this one moment where he's the most cagey, where he's literally dancing while playing pinball while people are dying. <laughs> All and right. Outside well, of that one moment, <laughs> I was like, okay. Now, aside from that, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a game called Viscera Cleanup Detail. Have you ever played that? No. no. So it's a game I own because I'm weird. And the entire point of the game is it's a first-person game where you're a janitor cleaning up after the scene of horror films. <laughs> so there's a level that's basically John Carpenter's The Thing, and you're just mopping up all the dead scientists and, like, tentacle monsters and whatnot. What, is this a Steam game or something? It's a Steam game. And it's, yeah. it's strangely cathartic and kind of fun. It's this weird, hypnotic, almost like a Sims kind of thing, but you're you're cleaning up the horrific aftermath of a typical horror. (laughs) And that's what he's doing throughout most of this film. There are montages of just him being a janitor. It is bizarre, but he's cleaning up blood and guts and like smashed. How does he replace a smashed mirror with a fresh one? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. His cleaning powers are legendary. Like like he got that bathroom (laughs) spick and span. That would have taken weeks. He did it in about half an hour, I think. Then he made it even more messy (laughs) (laughs) after he cleaned it and and still was able to clean it. He cleans smashed walls and mirrors, and I don't know how he does that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's magical. But all right, so let's get to the beginning. Let's start at the beginning and we'll, we'll work our way through this tale of madness. Cage, who did a Lovecraftian film in the last two years, and this is more of a tale of madness than Color of Space. (laughs) I know, because I've seen both. So I just want to point out one one small thing, because I know, Wayne, you'd mentioned it on one of the previous films, the number of companies involved in making one film. And I'm starting to wonder if the weirder and more bizarre a film, the more companies you have to get behind it to even scrounge $10 to finance it, because this had six of them. (laughs) I'm not going to list them all off, but six separate logos. But the one I will bring up is the very first one because I just about died. I missed this the first time around. Screen Media is the first one they pull up. And underneath it says, A Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment Company. <laughs> now, I've read that's, A Chicken Soup for the that, Soul yeah, book. Chicken Soup for the Soul. This is oh, not that's Chicken a great Soup slogan. for the Soul. No, it's definitely not. But I don't know. If I, wasn't in a, if I was, wasn't feeling good, this would lift my spirits. There you go. Oh, God, no. 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 But you have no. your, your half dozen logos for the people who scraped together enough money to make this miracle happen. And then you have your starting couple in trouble. You have Inside Willy's Wonderland, the Chuck E. Cheese from Hell. 
a couple in what their late thirties, I want to say, wearing Willie's sure. Wonderland t-shirts, and they're all bloodied up and scared for their lives. And we know as an audience, it's not going to end well for them because they're there to show us what the horrible monsters are. And sure enough, they get picked off one by one. And then it cuts to Nicolas Cage driving down the street with 8-bit graphics showing the cast. Everything about this is video gamey. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I I do have to add that when the, the husband part of the pair of the couple died was the first moment I entertained turning the movie off. <laughs> you mean when he gets dragged away by seemingly please nothing? Con- so actually, but yes, see, please I, continue. But that's what I was going to say, Mark. And it's, it, it's interesting that you brought that up because that's the moment that to me set the tone of the film that I was yep. like, the way it's directed. Perfect. I was like, ah, this is the type of cheesy horror movie we're about to watch. And I was, and I was right away able to switch into that mode. The camera even hits the wife out of that couple of times, like the Evil Dead camera, like smacks into yeah, her. Yeah, like that's what I, that's, again, I'll go back to that. It felt like a modern day cheesy Evil Dead 2 type of movie. Yes. So I'll say this. If you make it to the five minute mark of this movie and continue watching it, you're in for a treat. Sure. <laughs> you if you, and, and you're not you're doing welcome. a podcast. <laughs> if you don't, you're welcome for turning it off. <laughs> I would say anyone checking this film out, make it as far as Cage having his tires blown. Five minutes. So yes. you meet Cage five minutes in. If you meet Nicolas Cage dealing with the trucker who's picked him up and you're in, stay in. If you're out by that point, this is what the movie is for the whole thing. It's not going to get better or worse. This is what it is. This movie because makes a statement when he, right off when the that, bat. When that tow truck guy's talking to him. And he just takes the glasses off and is just staring at him like he's a, like, why are you talking? Well, what kills I me that is was amazing. when Cage drives over the with his Camaro, drives over the police strip and blows his tires and you see him get out. And it's that shot of his feet as it shows a time lapse of the sun going from mm. one end of him to the other with the shadow. And he doesn't move. He stands <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. He's idling again, like a video game character. <laughs> it's like he's <laughs> waiting funny. for the mission to start. This movie is unreal. Yeah. Good word for uh, it. And actually, Mark, if it helps you, if it helps you get into the headspace of the director, because again, I looked into this a little bit. Kevin Lewis is the director of the it film. It won't, but continue. Kevin Lewis <laughs> is a fan of Nicolas Cage, but his favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Vampire's Kiss. Ah. If you've seen that, now you know exactly what he was going for here. (laughs) And the way that Kevin Lewis described this film, this was wild. He wanted the film to be Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. (laughs) I can can see that. That's a good combination. That's the best way to describe this. (laughs) I even... It's going to sound weird, but do you remember that movie House? Yes. Yes, I loved House. There's a bit of that in this as well and i i just i can't pinpoint it but man i kept coming back to house i was like there's a silliness to it there like is that film. that's that's sam so, raimi ish kind of silliness to the whole yeah, yeah yeah i mean yep. we can wait to get into it but here's my problem with this movie why it fails because i liked house i like <laughs> evil dead movies where this movie fails for me is the overall threat never feels like a threat to the main character he seems to generally, for the most part, easily handle everything that's happening to him with zero reaction. Whereas in House, things are happening and he is reacting to that. Like he is freaked out at first before he commits to, okay, I'm going to get this done. Ash, Ash is getting his ass kicked 
freaking out before he gets into it and kind of hits his stride. Cage is Ash at the end of Evil Dead from the beginning. And right, that's see, what kind of took me out of it. It took me out of it. So it's like he reacted to that like nothing happened. Okay, that just right. doesn't make sense. But see, that's when the switch flipped <laughs> for me because I was like, this in the beginning of the film, we think this is a movie about Nicolas Cage locked in here with the creatures. Nope. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the creatures are locked. And she even says it, I think, too. She's like, yep. they're in here yeah, with does. him. And it, it, when yes. when you start to realize that when he takes them down, you're like, this isn't a horror movie for a cage. This is a horror movie for the animatronics. <laughs> well, and what's nice is they even introduce a group of dumb, horny teenagers. So if you want to have someone mm-hmm. who's in sort of crisis or threat, you have them being taken down by sure. Willie's like Wonderland crew. But yes, it is a stalker movie where the main like the main threat, the threat is him. It's Nicolas Cage. The, <laughs> He's the threat. The yeah. terrifying janitor. And really, video games are about empowerment, about you being the badass. That's what he is throughout all yeah. of this. He has minor setbacks once in a while, but really he's an unstoppable force of nature. It's like he's got the God mode on. He is just a beauty to watch when he tears into these things. I mean, I know we'll probably it's get like- further into it, but I also feel like even though he says no, no words, I feel like he knows what's going on here. He's there. I think he's purposely there. The very first time that he's in there, where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, your tires are blown and I had to tow you and this and that. But tell you what, you do this job for us and we'll call it square. When they lead him to Willie's Wonderland and his back is turned and Willie starts to move, he stops and looks right at it yeah. like he's expecting a fight. Yeah. Who in their right mind is expecting a fight or even expecting that? But he yeah. seems prepared. <laughs> How many towns has he rolled through doing this? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is he? A, I, I'd love to read some of like the the conspiracy people that that watch this film and try to figure out who is Nicolas Cage. You know, is he an angel hunting right. these demons? You know, <laughs> he is. Yeah, no, fascinating. And even before he goes in there, when the the tow truck guys explain all this to him, he looks over and on the tow truck guy's wall are just newspaper clippings and missing person reports, a wall of them. And Cage looks at it like. This is where I'm headed. Not, oh, this is a red flag. He looks at it like I'm on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's what I'm saying. I think he's purposely there. For the audience who hasn't seen this movie, my fellow co-hosts are reading a lot into this. <laughs> <laughs> that's when have I that's ne- what the movie gave me. <laughs> when have I not read too I'm much into saying. one of these films? <laughs> the movie gave me that info. I'm just saying. <laughs> what, what makes the movie hard to get into is there's never a moment where you think anyone's doing anything that makes any sense. Not even for a second does anyone do anything that makes any sense. The group of horny teenagers (laughs) who are there to burn the place down, start this thing by trying to burn it down in the middle of the the day and are obviously caught. So they come back at night like they should have in the first place and don't burn it down reasonably because there's somebody in there. And then after they all, through hijinks, end up in there, Though they were terrified and literally debating entering this pre- this place at all, decide when they fall in, hey, let's split up and go over here. Make sex. Zero <laughs> sense. And that's based off what the movie's telling me. The movie's telling me they are afraid to enter at all. Like the two characters or one of the characters who's the most afraid to enter it lands in it and is like, let's go over here alone. 
makes no sense. <laughs> they start off by showing you how dumb they are with the attempt to rescue their friend out of like the trailer park that she's in where he runs and slams into an unlocked door that's a pull door like he's trying to bust it down. <laughs> yes, that guy's dumb, but the rest of them weren't. Like, the they only were looking one, for things. The only one who constantly says, you know, this is a bad idea, we have to get out of here, is the guy who's in love with the, the bubblegum girl. Yeah. And the second that she's down to clown... He gives up on everything else except for wanting to to stick it in her. He's reasonable until she's on the table. Twice, (laughs) he he almost left her the first time when they were talking about entering, and tried to leave the second time with her. It makes no sense. I know how got away if they didn't fall. He should still get out. He would have left. His only goal should be to get out. He would have left if he didn't fall through the roof. Oh, I know that. Which ones make no sense? I refuse to judge a film by dumb, horny teenagers. Agreed. Because almost every single horror film is filled with dumb, horny teenagers. So I'm not going to judge them. That cliche has to be the. Not judging it by them. But Cage makes sense. Every character. He makes Cage no makes sense. sense. <laughs> he shows up to do this job and he's there for two reasons. One, let's kill these stupid things while we're here. Two, I'm getting paid to clean this place. And what does he do? He cleans this place. He is a good yeah. cleaner. Oh, he cleaned it. And as any important uh, step in being a, an effective employee, he understands the importance of taking breaks. Oh, boy. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Another quirk of the movie <laughs> that's never explained and nearly makes no sense. You mean, when do breaks occur? How long do breaks last? <laughs> why are there so many? Why are there breaks? Um, it, it looks like every hour take a five-minute break. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Why do the breaks? I don't even know where you get that number from. <laughs> why do the breaks? <laughs> why do the breaks precipitate him stopping in the middle of combat? All right, like so it's amazing. Stupidest thing ever. Here's my argument. Obviously that I think something. Wayne is on the right track. He shows up with a case of punch pop, mm-hmm. like he knows that he's <laughs> yes. gonna have to like go through a long haul and keep drinking this stuff. Which, where was it? It, if you look at the side of the can, it says a fistful of caffeine for your kisser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course it is yes. a fictional drink, but every time he's on break. He downs one of these things, crushes it, throws it in the trash, and it's kind of how you can keep track of the amount of progress over the night, because every time he has a break, he downs a punch pop. Yeah, even if that break happens in the middle of a fight. Oh my god, that is maybe my favorite moment of this film. Agreed, when he just gives her the knife. (laughs) You know what? I love that. I agree, that's the one part of the film that genuinely made me laugh and <laughs> his watch goes off he looks genuinely confused with what to do then he's just like oh, f- it gives her the knife and, and walks away for you <laughs> listener at home they are in the midst of fighting these animatronic monsters one of them is about to murder the main girl out of the teenagers it just finished murdering one of her friends cage storms into the room puts his fists up like he's ready to fight and then his alarm Break beeps alarm. And he stops, puts his fist down, hands back a switchblade that he took from the girl a little bit earlier, and just leaves the room. It's her problem now. He's on break. Without saying a word. It's so funny. And he goes back to playing pinball right? on his break. And-, <laughs> and she is fighting for her life against this thing for his entire break while he sits there playing pinball. 
and she doesn't even kill it. He finishes his break, comes in, and takes this thing out in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's amazing. That part genuinely made me laugh. Now I gotta admit. The choreography of the fights is absolutely atrocious. It's terrible. But it's so bad, it's funny. Like, yes. as soon as it starts, I, I, like, cringe, and then I look at Christina and just start laughing and being like, well, it's so some of the bad, shots, Some of the shots you can tell, they've taken the camera, taped two of, the, like, the monster arms to the camera, and handed it to Cage <laughs> and go, here, move around like it's attacking you. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's Plan absolutely. 9 absolutely. stuff. Oh, it, yeah, it's Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> we forgot the motor for the octopus. Well, just grab yeah. the arms, shake around, make it look like it's killing you. I mean, that first yes. fight he has at the ostrich shows you exactly the kind of fights you're in for. Yes, it does. And even that, the ostrich shows up. It's right next to him. It's moved 50 feet across the room. He doesn't seem scared or even surprised. Just stares no. at it and starts poking it with his mop. Like, come on, <laughs> we're going to start this fight? Let's go. Let's do yeah. this. And I love that. It hurts him once, just once. It scratches him across his face. And then when he touches that and smiles like, oh, it's a real fight now, busts the mop in half to turn it into his screamer sticks and just pounds the crap out of that thing. And it rips and his neck out. It's like the Samurai Jack trick where it's if it's not really blood, you can show as much as you want. The amount of oil coming out of these machines to simulate blood is Turbo Kid level. It's just so yeah. much. It is yeah. beyond mm. what... They're balloons, basically, with the amount of oil coming out of them, and he's just covered. And as soon as he finishes beating that thing, what does he do? He goes, grabs a new, fresh Willy's Wonderland t-shirt, throws that on, cleans up his face, and just goes back to cleaning. All of the other animatronics are still on stage, and he doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. He puts, does not And then he care. takes the one he killed, puts it in a garbage bag. Right. Even when the girl goes to stab one early, he stops her, takes the knife from her, and sets her down on mm-hmm. the table away from them. Yeah, because it's almost, like it's not their time. Right. It almost gives the impression of, no, 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 you can't skip levels. <laughs> we yeah. have to wait until that boss challenges us like a video yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. This is very intentional. But again, this is why I look way <laughs> into it. Like, there's there's more to this than meets the eye. Like, he's he's something more. He knows about this. He has there, to there's be. a plan behind this. He's here for a reason. <laughs> he is the angel of animatronic death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's trying to make sense about why you stepped in a pilot dog. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I had to do that today. It was meant to be. <laughs> no, no, no. That'd be, no, no. That would, that, you're talking about accidentally stepping in. I'm saying I see the dog sh- and I choose when. Exactly. To it's I have true. A plan. He and looks you at got, it. You got, and, and you're going to look at me and say, why did you do that? And I'm just going to not say a thing. And you'd be like, well, he obviously exactly. had a reason. Ever. Mark, the problem with your analogy is you're thinking of it as you stepped on it and got dog on your shoe. We're saying the dog got shooed. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. There is a difference. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess but so. We've danced around it long enough. Let's talk about the sensual act of pinball because it gets orgasmic. <laughs> As it goes on. Yeah. The very first time that he's on break and sees the pinball machine covered up, the slow-mo of him pulling off the the tarp that's on it, slowly running his hand along the side and wiping the the dirt off. It's not even a slow-mo. 
It's not even a slow mo. He rips it off so fast, he knocks a prop over in the background. And I laugh my ass off. Because those spoons hanging on the dish rack that he knocks off. And I was like, you know, I know that that wasn't planned, but they just kept it in. I'm willing to bet the pinball wasn't planned. And Cage just saw that on set and said, let's do this. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> the one thing that I know isn't I planned. Doubt it either. Nicholas Cage's dance during the final pinball. Because every time he gets a chance to go yes. on break, he downs a punch pop and plays a little bit more pinball. First he's cleaning he it, now he's playing time. it. And he's his hair is getting messier and he's moving a little bit more like he's gyrating. That last time where he's hitting the, the flippers and then dancing in between and throwing his arm up in the air as he basically climaxes getting the high score on this thing. That's full improv, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I believe that. They That's just went, Cage, moments. Yes. do what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Those are the moments where I recognize as being the cagiest moments in the movie. I bet you if you oh. looked at the screenplay, right there it just says, he plays pinball. Probably. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. In fact, I bet that's the entire script. It's little moments like that. Or Actually, I, don't, one I of wouldn't my, doubt that either. One of my favorite small moments to show you the mentality of his character. When he's just finished killing the ostrich. And the, the machines are up on stage. But he hears a noise from the bathroom that he just finished cleaning. Oh my god. The and bathroom he goes in to investigate. And on the bathroom mirror, written in <laughs> blood. In blood is, it's your birthday. And how does he react? He just pulls out his squeegee and starts cleaning it at first till he hears the voices of the, the machine taunting him. He was just going to be like, oh, I missed a spot. I, <laughs> like, really? I laughed out loud when that giant gorilla, giant gorilla comes out of nowhere. In the direction no, he's he doesn't looking. come out of nowhere. He comes he's, out of a stall. He's, no, no. He was not he's in. He's looking at the stall. The stall door is open. He's looking He's in, actively waiting, and it swings in. Well, I'm assuming. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. It was, it was up I on the ceiling, died. Spider-Man style, and he didn't notice it. That's what I assume. Yeah. Oh, I understand what they were trying to do. It's so big when it comes in screen. It's such a big gorilla. I was laughing because I was like, honestly, even the actor in the suit wouldn't be able to, like, Get out the door because <laughs> it's so it's, oh, it's so, so good. big. It's so, so big. I was laughing so hard at that moment. It's just all you see is the yeah. two giant feet come towards the camera. <laughs> I was just like, "Are you telling me that thing was Spider-Manning on the ceiling?" I was just laughing my ass off. And after that, that amazing so fight between the two of them, he curb stomps it with oh, a stand-up urinal. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So full, funny. full marks for the again fake gore. Oh of yeah. This, yeah, using the the oil like it's graphic, but it's yeah. not because it's stuffed animals in oil. Right, and then he duct tapes up his chest because duct tape is how he solves everything. Yes, he duct tapes the yes. little scar on his cheek and his entire chest, and then one of the weirdest break moments because I don't understand why it's even there. That thirty second scene where he's just literally like cleaning his nails. <laughs> why? Oh yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is he hasn't really played pinball up to that point. He's just been cleaning the machine like his hands have to be pristine to play pinball. That's the only thing that can make sense of it. But you know it's an intentional moment because the director kept it in and Cage insisted on doing it. So it's supposed to be there. I just don't get it. But I love it. Again, 
making sense <laughs> things that don't need to make sense. This movie doesn't care about making. I think the genius of this movie because we have to find something good about these movies. I found so the much good about this movie. This. I got a lot good for me. Is the movie is a choose your own adventure because it tells you nothing. You have to assume things. You have to fill in your own gaps for the movie to make any sense at all. Because if you think about the movie too much, it doesn't really make sense without you filling in gaps. Like if you just watched the movie and walked out, you'd be like, I know nothing. You have to fill in gaps to get through this movie. I I don't know. I I think I know everything about the film other than just who Nicolas Cage really is. Right. And I think that's intentional. Well, Well, it is intentional because you don't. Yes, but... But you okay? So some things I don't know about this movie based off of watching it at all. One, uh, I'm going to ignore his breaks and why they're so important uh, above all else. <laughs> you got to pace yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore why he chooses to stay. Let's just assume you guys are right and he knows he's supposed to be there. The thing I have a harder time understanding a lot <laughs> is the town. <laughs> is aware of this problem and admit that they could have probably gone in there and taken care of this themselves. Cause we know these things are killable. We've been watching one man do it. Now I don't understand why they didn't just all show up and torch the building like the teenagers would have done. Cause if not for the teenagers going in to save Nicholas cage, their plan seemingly would have worked. I mean, if they hadn't gone in just towards the building, Maybe, but I feel like the dumb teenagers would have found a way to get it wrong. These are the same teenagers where one's like, hey, can you move over there? You're getting gas on my gas. These are idiots. I think the town already expressed their fear, right? Because originally they were going to bulldoze the building. But when the contractor got murdered, nobody wanted to touch demolitioning the building. Oh, I get it. put the fear into the town. So the town probably thought if we try to burn this, we're going to die too. Like, And it's not worth that risk, which is why they ended up making a deal with them saying, why don't you just leave us alone and we'll give you other people and we'll leave you alone. Yeah. If they tried to burn it, I feel like Willie's animatronics would have just got out of the building and went on a rampage. Agreed. Agreed. Very possible. The burning plan was a bad plan. Yeah. Not saying it was a good plan, but (laughs) the sheriff even kind of indicates that we, we could have gotten it done. People would have died, but we would have gotten it done. Right. Although ironically, speaking of lighting that building on fire, with the amount of gas that has been placed on that building, both at the beginning and the middle of the film, when the car explodes at the end, it should have ignited that building. It should have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. Yes, I was like, the, the oh, building that, should have like, That building fire. should be going up, too. And I thought that was the point of it. She thought that, that animatronic thought she was going to kill them, but ends up killing it all. Right. That would have made sense. Yeah. And I, oh, well. Again, things that don't make sense. Did that animatronic... Like, if that wasn't a mistake, I get. I assumed the same thing. I assumed she screwed up because she clearly blows herself up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, again, for you, listener, at the end, after all of the, the animatronics have been destroyed, because, of course, they're going to get destroyed. Nicolas Cage always wins. One, Siren Sarah, the little fairy creature-looking one, has managed to sneak out and tries to wreak karmic havoc on two of the people that trapped him there in the first place by putting a, what was it, like a rag inside their their gas tank and lighting it yeah. with a, the lighter that was left by one of the teens. But the car detonates, she detonates, the two people detonate. It's way more of an explosion than you would get from doing that to a real car. But yeah. that's the kind so of movie we're in can for. We, 
when when that again trying to find the positives in this movie when that <laughs> animatronic came back to life i had a flashback of how that animatronic died and i'm not sure he was trying to kill her anymore oh, stop. i think that was again one of those twisted more sexual things happening in the movie at times he only That's has funny. love for pinball <laughs> <laughs> oh he pinballed her Oh boy, he right down all right. right down the gutter. Right down the gutter. <laughs> yep. Both balls. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But yes, we learned some of the backstory. And if we're gonna discuss the the backstory and exposition and how the whole town is in on it, the really surprising part is that Willie's Wonderland, the actual like Chuck E. Cheese's place, was always evil from the beginning. Yeah. It was founded mm, by yeah. serial killers. Yeah. All of yeah. the staff are murderers and serial killers. What? They take everybody to the family fun room. Yeah, murdering families, and they're like, eventually we caught on. Like, how soon did you catch on? How many families disappeared in the super happy fun room before you caught yeah. on? Yeah, you, you crack in team a, of specialists in a, town, in a in a itty bitty town. And then I love they go to they go to take them down. Like, yeah, but we got there too late, and they all died in a satanic ritual suicide. <laughs> And they chuckied themselves. And, right. I got to say that as much as I dislike this movie, I'd watch a prequel. That sounds fascinating. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound as fun. This has that schlocky See, fun I knew you liked it. it. There you go. He want, see, you want an entire backstory. I'm happy with the one movie. Mark wants more. I do. I want a sequel. I want, I want the next Willy's Wonderland. He hits now, them all up. This is where we get to... One of the few creepy moments, it's dumb and stupid, but still creepy, when you have all the teenagers trapped in there, and Nicolas Cage's character has gone on break for a brief five, ten minute span, it's your typical a bunch of monsters hunting teenagers, and it's shot fairly effectively. There's some creepy stuff, including, what was it, uh, when Willie the Weasel is singing the Six Little Chickens song? He's yeah. he's unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> but oh I love God. that it's only possible for them to be chased and killed by these animatronics because Nicolas Cage is on break. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's funny, though. We laughed so hard in that final fight when he hits the jukebox and it plays the head, shoulders, <laughs> knees, and toes, and toes, knees and toes. We were in <laughs> tears because that's the only song we keep hearing every weekend because of Sesame Street with the new kid. Oh, and then my we're God. Like, to come downstairs and then hear that an hour and a half later as a <laughs> the battle theme between this horror monster and Nicolas Cage, we were both in tears laughing. Oh, my God. And again, for you, listener, by this point in the film, the police have shown up. The sheriff has cuffed Nicolas Cage so that, look, you're going to be a sacrifice. Stop fighting back and leaves him to die. He stands up cuffed. Two animatronics come into the room ready to kill him. Is he worried? Does he even sweat? No. 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 He kicks the jukebox with like a little <laughs> back heel kick to start that and then starts bobbing his head up and down like he's getting ready to get into it. And then headbutts one of them immediately. He wins a fight with his hands cuffed behind his back against two of them. Against two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's and, amazing. And unless I miss something, he, he rips... Out of those handcuffs. Oh, yeah. Unless he got something that I missed. 
Well, I thought they were handcuffs, but they weren't. They're zip ties at the end. Right, zip ties. That's still impressive. Which, again, <laughs> he doesn't even twist his arms around. He just pulls and they pulls snap. He has super human strength. And watching it a second time, while other characters occasionally damage or hurt one of Willie's like animatronics, no one kills one except him ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the only one. Yep. Capable yeah. of destroying one, which is why I'm convinced the town probably tried and just couldn't. Yeah. That's why we they struck saw, a deal. We thought the the girl lead teenager killed the Mexican Siren one, Sarah, but mm-hmm. she did. Oh yeah, and and the Mexican <laughs> one, which oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> watching this a second time, I put subtitles on because sometimes I I don't hear what's being said and I want to catch it. So when they're actually putting it on there and translating some of it, when he's going, no more, poor before, while she's sitting there beating him with the shotgun, and, I my balls! <laughs> I was like, how does an oh animatronic even have balls as she's beating it with a shotgun? <laughs> but just, poor before, no more, so no amazing. more! <laughs> but even that, she doesn't kill it at the end. It's on the, the no. road when he's driving away, and the <laughs> last thing that it says... Netflix has speaking in Spanish. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my God, this movie, but calling back to turbo kid with the guy who slips and stabs himself in the face. When the knight starts attacking the teenagers and stabs the one through the chest, the other one who <laughs> slips on the blood and dodges a sword attack. Cause he slips yeah. and hits the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. That is a wonderful accidental 20. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but just everything about this nonsense production feels intentional. And that's the really baffling thing. You can have schlocky movies that are poorly made. Uwe Bull slaps together movies in five seconds. And any funny stuff that happens feels like a happy accident. This all feels intentional. Every weird moment happened for a reason, Mm -hmm. even if the audience doesn't get to know the reason. Agreed. Yeah. This is an inside joke between Nicolas Cage and the director. Agreed. I feel like I'm in on this joke. Most of it. And they just made it. (laughs) I feel like I was in on the joke, but then I had to leave to go to the bathroom, came back. So I missed some of it. (laughs) Oh, but got enough. Right. I yeah. just little moments like after he takes down the gator and comes out of the hallway and there's two of the animatronics waiting for him, but he just walks by them and just punches them in the face <laughs> because yeah. he's not ready for it's them amazing. yet. He has to take the other one out to the trash first. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. I usually don't like it when a main character has no fear. It annoys the crap out of me, but because he's not really like, like he's not really the one ever in danger. The animatronics are, it kind of yeah. works. It's all right <laughs> yeah. that he never shows fear. Cause screw it. He doesn't need to, he's just being yep. cage, but you have him go through, I don't know what, like six cans of punch pop and just as many clean six, shirts yeah. and completely cleans the place. Like this place is now 100% clean, including ready to tables open. that were smashed <laughs> seem to either be discarded and replaced with completely new tables, or he has managed to, like, fix it Felix and put them back together. I don't know. But it's time for the final battle. First, the final pinball, which we discussed, but after that, the final battle with Willie. Which is the first time you ever really see Nicolas Cage's character lose a fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He loses for, like, 
yeah, 20 seconds. Yeah. And Willie makes a mistake. Willie put up a of, fight. Well, this is where I really make the argument that it's like a slasher film in reverse. Willie beats the hell out of the monstrous force of Nicolas Cage that's been stalking all of his animatronic buddies. And leaves him for dead, thinking he's defeated him. And when he turns his back on him, the monster that is Cage comes back for another round. That's every horror movie villain we've ever seen. It's so true. The final girl thinks she won, and he comes back. We were laughing so hard when he's like beating up Nicolas Cage, sends him into a ball pit, and it's the monster just waiting at the ball pit like, (laughs) oh, he's not coming out, Mm. so he must be dead. We were in tears. It was so funny. But then Nicolas Cage getting back up, and I I don't know why this made me laugh so hard, but it did. Going and collecting the rest of his cans of Punch Pop and putting them into a bag like he's going to leave. Almost like he's yeah. going to leave. That's what I thought, And then too. taking his two broken pieces of mop that he turned into a scream of sticks and duct taping those together. And he comes out to beat the holy hell out of Willie with a bag full of punches. <laughs> with a sack of punches until it's there's so nothing yeah. left and then tears his head off yeah. like a Mortal Kombat fatality yeah. Yeah. yeah and again because nothing matters in the movie at all Willie's claws that, were, that cut the sheriff in half and that ripped him up Cage is able to parry those claws with this cloth bag <laughs> okay. easily every when time when she gets ripped in half He's a god. her top half flies off of her like Turbo Kid. <laughs> like Turbo Kid. <laughs> and the bottom half stays there like her feet have been cemented to the floor. Oh, my! how can you love that movie and not love this movie? Because they are kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> They're like... <laughs> like the most distance of cousins. Because <laughs> they share... Exactly one moment together. <laughs> I don't know. There's a few. Uh, and Willie, of course, defeated. I'm a sucker for Freebird. So having Freebird kick in yeah. as Nicolas Cage waits for those two idiots that tricked him into this place to come in expecting him to be dead and him just staring at them like, that's right. <laughs> this wasn't going to work on me. Just puts his hands out for the keys. Yeah, just give me my mm. stuff. <laughs> It's his little moments, the reaching out for the keys, the when the sheriff sees that he's still alive, even after being like handcuffed, just the waving at her as he drops off another bag of dead animatronics. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I that love was cool. that. That GDSOB. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's his little moments like that that really sell it. And then he hops into his Camaro with that girl, the only rural survivor out of the, the teenagers, and takes off. How old is she? This is a legitimate question. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Somewhere between 16 and 18. 16. Right. Not because anything necessarily sexual happens, but it's just a weird finish. This is like, I'm just going to get in the car with this crazy old dude who just ripped evil satanic animatronic robots in half. And we're just going to travel the countryside and go to the next. And one. then he goes oh. to drink that last punch pop and stops, looks at her and then hands her the drink. <laughs> And she takes it with both hands like a little kid. It makes her seem younger than she maybe is. It was really weird. Yeah. He's almost paternal. I have to ask a question, though, because I don't know if I lost track of something here or blinked or like, I don't know. But half hour blink. <sighs> yeah, it felt that way. She's behind Cage when he punches out the two animatronics, right? Yeah. And then 
I guess she just takes that long to get back there, I guess. She doesn't take the cop car back. Like, when she shows up at the end, she doesn't drive the cop car there, right? She walks up. She ran back, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she ran back. And I, that's why I was like, wait a minute. That's It just made me, it was weird to me that she didn't, like, take the available car back. That She, she might not have her back. license. Like, <laughs> not old enough like, to drive. That's, that's why she needs a father figure in her life. A father like oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage. Because she's so yeah. law-abiding, yeah. <laughs> but because she doesn't have a license, she doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> See, it makes perfect right. sense. All the answers are there, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just weren't listening. Yeah. It tried to tell you its story, and you just weren't. Oh, listening. sure it did. Sure it did. <laughs> Maybe you need the subtitles for everything Nicholas Cage said. I, I probably did. <laughs> probably would have explained every scene in the script. That would have made sense. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that either of you want to bring up? Having seen it twice, I'm astounded at how nice some of, some of the cinematography looks in this. It doesn't look shoddy. It looks schlocky, but not shoddy, because I know there's a difference. Like, the lighting maybe has a little bit too much bloom, but other than that, the composition of the shots look really good. The The production value of the animatronics, other than the fact that they immediately look terrifying and never, ever looked friendly, they look well put together. I think it's a good film. I like the aesthetic of it. It looks sharp. Yeah, I can't go there. <laughs> it's saying that it's a good film. I just I can't. There's I cannot with a straight face say this is a good film. I Not can't. even the Willy's Wonderland song that plays during Final Pinball. Not even that because that was creepy. I can say this. What I will absolutely give them credit for is this is intentional. Everything you see is intentional. It's not accidental. This is intentional. And again. Clearly, it has a niche market. I'm just not a part of it. And I like some of that market. I like Evil Dead. I like House. I like some of those old horror movies. What I didn't like, weirdly, was the protagonist. He's what pulled me out of it. Amazing. See, I I like the film. I had a good time with it. I laughed through it, no matter how cheesy it was. Would I recommend this? Absolutely. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone came back with Mark's opinion and said, that was terrible. I'd be like, okay, I get it. But I also get if somebody came back and be like, yeah, man, that was a fun time. Cheesy, but fun. So my only thing would be, like I said from the beginning, I still don't, out of all the films we've watched, to me, this feels the least video game. Uh, You've definitely shed some light in terms of some elements that are there Mm -hmm. that I didn't catch before. But to me, it's still the least video game feeling movie we've watched. Okay, this reminds me of Hardcore Henry, where all the video game elements are in the structure of how they're presenting things that are happening, Mm -hmm. because that's one that Mm -hmm. really had a lot of commentary on video games and their structure. This one has a lot of elements of the almost like the setup of video games and the setup of your character, Mm -hmm. how that character can be in everybody and every man. Nicolas Cage, it's not that he's uh, an empty character because he has personality to him, but he can be anyone. He has no name, no backstory, no history. You don't get a clear sense of his motivation. You're just given, here's your <laughs> next. You're, you're almost given it like, here's your next mission objective. Tires are blown. Ne- next mission objective, fix car. Next fetch quest, go get the money to pay for fixed car animatronics take care of threat it just feels like the progression of a video game so while it's not an adaptation of one it rips off one with five nights at freddy's and it borrows a lot of the elements of how video games are made 
So that is why Again, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it to doesn't it. feel like a video game film. I'm just saying it's of the movies we've watched. It's the least for me. That's it. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I, think I see it, that part. Differently. Um, yeah. Like I think when you point it out, I agree with everything you're saying. I just didn't. I agree. hundred percent. It wasn't obvious while I was watching it. And I was thinking Agreed. about Fair. Again, sadly, I hadn't played those games. I was trying to think, like, what game does this remind me of? What game is this like? And then yeah, after and a while, I was nothing. just like, what is happening? <laughs> the problem is, that <laughs> question was buried behind a bigger question. Why did Nick make me watch this? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. If it does feel like a video game, then they should have called it Shadows of the Animatronics. Ooh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. He just fights bosses. <laughs> yeah, it's a boss rush. So, I agree yeah. with Wayne. I will recommend this to people, but it is a flip of the coin to where you will land on it. Cause I can completely see someone hating this. I agree. But man, I loved it. But I, I think it's so worth the watch to take the risk. <laughs> yeah. Like any cage film, there is an inherent risk to starting that film. <laughs> you might get a really good performance in a good movie, or you might get, Oh, the bees, the bees. You never know what cage you're going to get. But this yeah. is a cage match I walked out of happy. Agreed. So Yeah, give yourself five minutes. If you're going to watch this movie, you'll know in five minutes. <laughs> you're either in the mood for it or you're not. We'll bring this one to a close. And when we come back, we're going to go back quite a ways for our next video game related film. We're going to go back to War Games from the early 80s with, I believe, Matthew Broderick. I believe Matthew he's the Broderick, star of that yeah. one. Haven't seen Young. it in a very long time. Same. I remember it being really, really cool. And I'm hoping it lives up to my expectations. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Again, we thank you for joining us on Press X Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, were Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. I'm so, so sorry if you watch this after us. It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time. And you're time. going to die. <laughs> been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next stage.